All right, welcome back. This is the AI Podcast, week number 71 now. Austin Coates live in Kansas City, Missouri, joined by Isaiah Sanders in Nashville, Tennessee. We're getting ready to kick this whole NFL season off here. we got a couple more weeks to go, but it'll be here before we know it. Isaiah, how are things going? Well, I'm sweating it out as we have what another basically week and a half until first NFL action, which is, of course, our Chiefs against the Detroit Lions. So excited for that matchup. Uh, not excited for how our defense might look to start the year. Yeah, no joke. Sweating it out in both senses of the word. Uh, I don't know how it's been there in Tennessee, but up until oh Saturday, it has been hotter than hell in uh, the Kansas City area. Uh, thankfully, it's cooled down uh, and rained a little bit. But yes, sweating it out from a Chiefs defense perspective, I think we all thought that Chris Jones by now would have shown up to camp whether or not a new deal was in place, um, but he has not shown up. Uh, I would say that his status for week one is in jeopardy. Uh, we know how Andy Reid likes to run things with his practices, especially the week of a game. If you don't practice, you don't play. Um, and I think that goes for pretty much anybody on the team for the most part, with the exception of number 15. Um, but what are your thoughts on Chris Jones? He said that he would hold out until week eight. Um, he's, of course, still under contract for this year. Um, but what are your thoughts on his motives? And if he chooses to hold out, um, you know, there's a number of other people missing or that could miss time. Uh, what do you think these you know, first couple of weeks are going to look like for a Chiefs defense that's going to be missing uh, multiple players at key positions. Oh, I mean, we'll be looking at shootouts in Kansas City. Chris Jones is easily the best player on that defense. Uh, he's the anchor of that defense. And, you know, we're miss you mentioned pre-show, we're also missing Charles Amenike the first six weeks of the season as he sits out with a suspension. And so we'd be relying on Carl Loftus, Mike Dana, um, and the uh, Felix and Yudoka Uzama kid um, for a pass rush the first essentially eight weeks if Chris does really hold out that long, which sounds like he definitely will if he does not get the contract he wants, which I'm guessing is around that $30 million mark. Um, so... I, Spags would have to get really creative, which um, generally I find that the Chiefs defense usually gets better as the year go, goes along than it necessarily starts strong. And so that's especially concerning starting the year without our top player. Um, Legereus Sneed has been banged up even. And so the idea that we're relying on that incredibly young secondary, very young pass rush, like Willie Gay, yes, excellent player, Nick Bolton, um, Nick Bolton would now be essentially our top player on that defense, which he's a good player, but he plays linebacker. You know, you want your best player to be a pass rusher, and Chris Jones is that for us. And with him missing, um, that's going to be very tough um, on the pass rush and uh, on the running game. So uh, that defense will be bleeding, and they'll be relying a lot on the offense to keep them in games. Yeah, people want to look at sack numbers for Chris Jones. And, I mean, rightfully so, it's probably the most important stat that he could have. 
at his position, but the amount of attention that he attracts from the opposing offensive line really makes it easier for other players like Karloftis, like uh, Mike Dana, um, like Nick Bolton, who has been known to just shoot those gaps. Um, it makes their job a lot easier, and I think it makes the play calling easier for Spags. And so, yes, he's going to have to you know, pull some stuff out of the hat uh, for sure here in the first couple of weeks because let's say Chris Jones decides to hold out eight weeks. Uh, we're looking at the Lions, Jags, Bears, Jets, Vikings, Broncos, Chargers, and the second Broncos game. And that's the first eight games of the year that Chris Jones would be missing. Um, so we're looking basically till the first game in November, Chris Jones would be absent if he follows through, uh, which is, I mean, I'm not saying that the Chiefs season would be in jeopardy, um, but there are certainly some games in there that not having him could potentially be a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and we mentioned beforehand as well, with Jerry Sneed, Battling a knee, uh, a swollen knee issue, that's something that could linger, you know, just beyond the first couple of weeks. So I think that I'm a little more secure if Sneed is injured because there have been people who have shown, um, you know, they've grabbed Spag's attention. And one is Shamari Connor uh, that we drafted this past year out of Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Yes, uh, mid round draft pick. Um, and so the Chiefs have shown an ability to draft and develop people in the secondary. So I think I'm fine there. And last year we saw it with, you know, uh, Jalen Watson and uh, Brian Cook, as well as Shane, uh, Shane McDuffie, Trent McDuffie, um, who yep. barely gave up, you know, anything last year. He was locked down. Um, I look for more of the same from him. But Snead is unique because he has that physicality. Um, that a lot of the Chiefs DBs that we've talked about in the past have not had that type of physicality that Snead has. And um, hopefully the Chiefs can figure something out because, like I was talking about before the show, uh, if the Chiefs are missing Chris Jones for the first eight weeks of the year, we could see a 2018-style Chiefs defense, which, for those of you who remember, uh, that was, I believe if not the worst team defense in the league, it was number 31 <laughs> yep. because they could not stop a cold. Um, and that went for whoever they were playing against. And um, a lot of high scoring games. One of the reasons Mahomes ended up throwing for 5,000 yards that year was because he had to, to win some games. Um, but that's, I, I kind of think what we're looking at from a, defensive perspective what do you think about the Chiefs offense moving forward we've seen a lot of wide receivers kind of emerge in the preseason as maybe being um, good candidates to make this roster and it appears that many of them are the Chiefs have been rumored to carry six or seven wide receivers um, on their on their active roster uh, out of the many being Rasheed Rice Justin Watson um, guy's name's ex escaping me. The one that's been injured that we were just talking about. Justin Ross. Justin Ross. Justin Watson. Justin Ross. And then um, 
There's another guy that actually may make it. He, I believe he's their leading receiver in preseason, um, and he goes by another hyphenated name. Oh, um, Smith-Marset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a, he's a possibility to claim that last spot. So what do you think about the Chiefs' offense and kind of factoring in the running back position as well? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about the offense. Uh, this is year two without Tyreek Hill. You know, this is year two with MBS. Um, and now Mikal Hardman's gone. And so we're going to see an elevated role with Sky Moore, with Kadarius Tony, which we'll see about Tony's health um, if he's actually ready to go week one. Um, but I think out of all these guys, like, I'm most excited to see what the Chiefs think about Sky Moore. Um, you know, they spent that second round pick on him last year. Didn't do much for the Chiefs last year. Didn't have to contribute a whole lot, but they did drop some plays for him in the Super Bowl. I mean, they had that, uh, what, return motion play um, that they got him a touchdown on in the Super Bowl. You know, you don't draw that up for just anybody. And so uh, excited what how these targets get distributed in the regular season. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is going to be taking up 10 to 15 targets a game. Um, But if we're throwing the ball 35 times, uh, where are those other targets going to go? Where are those 20 to 25 targets going? You know, is that an even split between MBS, Tony, um, Pacheco, and um, even secondary tight end like Blake Bell, uh, which that's another factor is um oh who's we lost our tight end for Fortson, Jody Fortson. Yep, Jody Fortson going out for the year. So now we're probably only gonna keep three tight ends. So that's another factor as to why a guy like Amir Smith Marset could make the roster. Um so but yeah I'm really excited about Sky Moore. Uh, I think Pacheco obviously is the lead back. Um and don't be shocked, Kansas City, if we st- still see um, quite a few snaps for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I know he fell out of favor last year with the emergence of Pacheco and him getting hurt. But, I mean, this is still a guy they spent a first-round pick on. This is still a guy that had a lot of talent coming out of LSU. He was on that championship team with Joe Burrow. Uh, it's still a pretty good receiving back. And so I would not be surprised if Clyde again played a – big role again. Of course, he played a large role um, in the Chiefs Super Bowl win um, against the Niners. So we're not too far removed from that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you're spot on there with your analysis. The running back, as always with every Andy Reid team, is seemingly a revolving door. Um, He uses everyone to their skills and abilities. We know that Jarek McKinnon is the best pass blocking running back on this team. Uh, he also had that stretch where he had like nine receiving touchdowns or something oh, in a row last year. Yep. Um, so he's a threat. Pacheco, hard downhill runner. Um, he's he's also coming off injury as well. Had surgery in the offseason for a broken hand. Um, and another, I think another um, arm injury of some kind. But um, So we'll see what happens. But Sky Moore, I look for him to take a, a greater leap. I just get the sense that Andy Reid's offenses are very complex for a first-year wide receiver to be able to produce the way that people are expecting. 
regardless yep. of, regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, and so I think that this year he's more comfortable. Um, and I think that we're going to see, you know, don't expect a thousand yards, but he only had like 200 yards in the regular season last year. I should say the bottom line is probably at least 500, if not more. Um, yeah, I was going to say, look for him to quadruple that number. Yeah. Yeah, so that w- I would be, in fact, I would probably be disappointed with only a 500-yard season because then we're talking about a little less than what MVS is probably going to give you. Um, yep. And I just don't know how far the Chiefs are going to make it in the playoffs if you're you're not having receivers that you're counting on producing. Um, but with that, we're going to go through the AFC here and uh, kind of talk about who we think is going to win these divisions. We did this a similar thing last year. We're going to start right off in the AFC West. Um, I'm just going to say it right from the top. Why would you pick anyone other than the Kansas City Chiefs? They've won it six straight years, maybe, if if my memory serves me correctly. Um, But until they are dethroned, they have to be my pick for uh, AFC West champs. Um, Coming in behind them... I really think this year, it, it sounds like the same song and dance over and over, Isaiah. The Los Angeles Chargers, they just, yep. they're such a powerful team on the offensive side of the ball that if the they could very well win the division, in my opinion, as well. Um, but we all know how Andy Reid, how good Andy Reid is against the division, um, how good Patrick Mahomes is against the division. Uh, the Chiefs have won seven straight years as it runs right now. I look for them to make it eight. Chargers right behind them. And then I do think the Denver Broncos are, are they're not going to go five and 12 this year. Um, nope. I look for them to at least hang around 500. Sean Payton is obviously a much better coach and different kind of pedigree than what they had last year. But we're going to win. Old hack job. Yeah. Yeah. One of the worst coaching jobs we've ever seen. Um, but we're going to learn what the Broncos are going to do with Russell Wilson this year. I guarantee you they go out and they're below 500. Um, I know he signed a seven-year deal, but they're going to find a way to either get rid of him or bring someone else in. Sean Payton is not going to go for that. Um, and then I just have the Raiders finishing last. Uh, inconsistency at the quarterback position there. Uh, not a great defense by any means, but... They certainly play the teams in the division closely. I think maybe one or two games separate them from Denver in that final spot. Yep. Um, I am right there with you across the board. Uh, you said it great about Los Angeles. They're, to me, clearly the second-best team in this division. Um, and then I think the Raiders are clearly the, the worst team in this division. Uh, I have no faith in Josh McDaniels as a head coach. I have no faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. I wouldn't be shocked if Aiden O'Connell started more games than Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> for the Raiders this year. Um, that's basically counting on a Jimmy G injury, which uh, happens quite a bit. So, yep. And like you said with Denver, Sean Payton, um, I, I don't think people are going to get giving them enough credit, giving him enough credit specifically for how good of a job he did in – New Orleans and I think Denver, I mean, they, it would not surprise me if they finished second in the division. Um, 
because to me he's clearly the second best coach in the division, and um, that that plays a huge role, uh, even with the talent of the Chargers. Brandon Staley, um, he has shown that he's not getting the most out of that team uh, within these first couple years. So, but I agree. I think it's Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Yeah, either Brandon Staley and the Chargers win the Super Bowl or make a deep playoff run, or he's gone, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I, I just don't, so if they don't see them. If they make the playoffs but don't win a game, he's getting fired. Yes, yeah. absolutely. They have to make at least a title game, I think, for them to consider bringing him back. Um, moving on to the AFC South, where your Tennessee Titans play. <laughs> uh, I have not forgotten about that, nor will I. Um, the Titans have won the division two out of the last three years. Jacksonville won it last year. Um, you know, this is a division that we've talked about as being up in the air, up for grabs. Uh, you've got the Titans with Ryan Tannehill. They just drafted Will Levis. You got Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, who appears to be ascending. Um, they played well. They won a playoff game against the Chargers, that massive comeback, and played the Chiefs tight. In But remember, that was also the game that, game that Mahomes um, injured his ankle. But... Then you have the Colts, who are, are starting Anthony Richardson at quarterback, and then Houston, who's starting C.J. Stroud. Um, and quite frankly, this may this may surprise you, Isaiah, um, yep. considering where I'm going to pick your team to finish. Um, but I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence winning this division again. I just think that he's gotten better. Him and Doug Peterson were just above 500 in their first year together. Um, I think they're going to be better this year as well. They're getting back Calvin Ridley uh, from his year-long suspension to add another weapon to go with Christian Kirk in that offense as well as Evan Ingram. Then I th- I really think um, that the Colts may finish second in this division. I think Anthony Richardson is a, is a Cam Newton type of player in the sense that he is a big guy, loves to run, very athletic, not the most accurate passer, but he's got a cannon of an arm. Um, and I just think that he can make plays. Um, but I, I do think that it'll be close between Tennessee and Indianapolis. Could go either way. I got Tennessee coming in at third. I just don't think Ryan Tannehill is the answer anymore for that team. They've traded off A.J. Brown. They did sign DeAndre Hopkins. But let's be honest, if Hopkins was really as good as he used to be, why did it take so long for someone to sign the guy? Um, yeah. And then Houston, they've just got a lot of work to do. Um, the basement or third place has been their calling card since Deshaun Watson left. Um, so I take in that order, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Tennessee, Houston. Well, we're going to be a little bit different here. Um <laughs> I'm going to have the Tennessee Titans uh, as the AFC South gosh, winners. Of course, um, what a homer. Mike Mike Vrabel um, is the best coach in that division. And uh, the Titans offense can't be worse than it was last year. I, I truly believe that. Um, they don't have to play a first-place schedule. And um, Malik Jacksonville, Willis, Malik Willis will not defense. be starting. <laughs> Hmm. Malik, Malik Willis will not be starting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, so, but you get 
DeAndre Hopkins in there. You get year two of Traylon Burks. Um, hopefully he's still going to he, – he'll be ready for the regular season. He went that knee injury. Um, so I think the Titans' defense can still do their thing. Uh, and with this being a weak division with the two rookie quarterbacks of the Colts and Texans, I think the Titans can pick up four wins there, you know, split it with Jacksonville. That gets them to five wins. Um and I could see them uh, winning this division. So that being said, I do have the Jaguars second. Um, this is certainly an ascending team. I just don't know if I trust that defense yet. Um, and we'll see. Of course, Calvin Ridley is good in preseason, but it's been two years since we've seen good production out of him um, with his off-the-field issues. And so um, Calvin Ridley might bet on the Jaguars, but I'm not going to. <laughs> and um, third place, I will have the Colts. Um, I just I like Anthony Richardson um, and that offense. Um, why am I blanking on their head? It's not Gannon. He went, oh, Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen, Shoot, I didn't uh, know. the Colts' new head coach from the Eagles. I like what he can do um, with Anthony Richardson. So. Of the Colts third, and then the Texans, even with picking up C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, uh, their roster still has a lot of work. I'm excited about what D'Amico Ryans can do there, uh, but I still think they're a ways away from competing, so I'll have them finishing last, which is not good because they gave up their first-round pick uh, oh, in this man. year's draft yep. to go get Will Anderson. So, Yep, that would not be good. Um Moving on to the AFC East, Isaiah, from 2003 to 2019, there was only one team that won the division one year that was not the New England Patriots, and that was the Miami Dolphins. Uh, And since 2019, the Patriots, or excuse me, the Buffalo Bills have won the division three straight years. This division is loaded in terms of talent at the quarterback position, um, in terms of talent at the wide receiver position. And this may just be the craziest division in the AFC. And certainly in my eyes, the most difficult to try and predict what's going to happen here. Um, I think for the winner of this division, I just, I do not trust Tua's health in Miami. And if he does not play, they do not succeed at the rate they were prior to his injuries last year. So I really think that this division is probably between the New York Jets, only because they have Aaron Rodgers um, and the Buffalo Bills. I think we're going to see a little bit of rejuvenation from Aaron Rodgers this year. Uh, He's out of Green Bay. He's got a cast of weapons around him. He's got a great defense. He's got a pretty good head coach. So I'm going to take a surprise here. I think the Jets can win this division, and I think they will. Uh, For the first time since 2002, the New York Jets are going to win this division. Uh, And then I think Buffalo will be right behind him. Uh, A lot of problems there, a lot of drama between Stephon Diggs and I guess the head coach there. (laughs) Um, I just don't know how that, I feel like if they have a couple of rough games with him, it's going to go off the rails. Um, Then I'll take Miami at three. 
in New England, I just don't think they're going to be able to compete against the other teams in this division. I'll take them last. But Isaiah, this is a division that I could very easily see three teams making the playoffs from this division. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, this is going to be one of the toughest divisions. Uh, AFC North might have something to say about that. But, yeah, you've got three strong quarterbacks uh, with Tua, if he can stay healthy. Um, but I'll have the Bills taking first. I love the addition of Dalton Kincaid. Um, I think he'll be essentially the number two option in that offense outside of Stephon Diggs. And that will free up more tar- – that will free up um, focus off Diggs and Gabe Davis. So I think he's going to be a huge addition to their offense. Um, even with the loss of uh, Tremaine Edmonds uh, to that defense, I think they can take um, a step and uh, be a complete team. Josh Allen is the best quarterback in that division, even with the addition of Aaron Rodgers. And I just think they're one of the most complete teams. So I'll take the Bills first. I will take the Jets second. Um, Aaron Rodgers obviously really elevates that defense or that offense with what I was going going to say, their defense being one of the better units in football last year. I really think this is going to be a really strong team. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson will be a dangerous combination. It's not going to quite look like Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams, but uh, I'd expect Garrett Wilson to have a huge season. Um, Miami, like you said, it just can't trust Tua to stay healthy, but with those weapons um, and with that defense, Vic Fangio coming in as the defensive coordinator, this is going to be a very good team. And so the Dolphins to me finish third. Uh, they could even finish second if two can stay healthy. That would not surprise me at all. Um, but New England, they have to take fourth here. Um, you know, Ramondre Stevenson is a great back, but who knows who their top target is going to be um, at the wide receiver position. Is it going to be Juju? Um, you know, is it Hunter Henry? Is he going to stay healthy for them? Like, even with Bill O'Brien, the huge upgrade over Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator, I just don't trust the offense to do enough. Uh, that defense is still going to be awesome um, under Bill Belichick. And I think I'm, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm just regretting picking Bill Belichick to finish fourth in the division. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. Um, so I'm sure I'm going to be wrong about this. But that's how I see it playing out for now. We'll see. I mean, Belichick could be on the hot seat. Really, I mean, who's to say at this point in his coaching career, after all those division titles and Super Bowl wins, uh, we've seen that they have not been able to uh, adjust after the departure of Tom Brady. Um, They have not found stability or talent uh, at the quarterback position, but how can you compare to Tom Brady? I don't know that anyone can uh, AFC North rounding things out. You mentioned that this is also a tough division, and I, I think this is just going to be an absolutely crazy division as well. Um, there are scenarios where I could see, well, I, I can tell you who I think is going to be in the top half and who's going to be in the bottom half. Um, I think 
that this, despite the Cincinnati Bengals' recent success, I believe that the Baltimore Ravens will win this division this year. Um, they've got Odell Beckham. They've got everybody back healthy. Um, we'll see how long that lasts because as soon as people start dropping like flies, so does their performance on the field. Um, they've got Lamar. I just think that the Ravens are a dynamic team in that regard. Um, they drafted, I believe they drafted Zay Flowers as well, um, another, a good weapon for Lamar. I do see the Bengals finishing second in the division. I really think that it's going to come down to games in between these teams, um, whether or not one triumphs over the other. Uh, so Ravens at the top, Bengals at second spot, Pittsburgh at the third spot, being over 500 again because Mike Tomlin absolutely cannot uh, not be 500. And plus, you mentioned it beforehand, Kenny Pickett um, is looking pretty good. So, you know, maybe we see the Steelers get into the second spot in the division. I mean, who's to say? This is a very tough smash mouth division. TJ Watt returning for the, the Steelers as well after he missed pretty much all last year with an injury. Um and then I just don't think Deshaun Watson is what he once was. Um, I think that year and some time off, uh, kind of the game has passed him by to a certain degree in terms of his ability. Um, and so I just don't see the Browns, you know, they might finish third. I don't see them finishing higher than that. Um, Again, I just feel like there are scenarios where you could see three of these teams winning the division, um, and the Browns are the only ones that I don't think you can see winning the division. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it would take Deshaun Watson coming back to what he was for the Browns, and I don't see that happening. Um, I also have the Ravens finishing first in this division. Um, I think Lamar Jackson's going to take his game to a new level. Uh, the receiving options are better than they have been his entire time there. You know, Demarcus Robinson was one of the top, was their top wide receiver last year. And now um, he wouldn't even be the fifth best guy there. So Ravens ha fans can be excited about that. Uh, John Harbaugh, um, excellent coach. Um, finishing second, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he mentioned it. Hello. I was going to make you go through this whole thing about, you know, coaches that have losing records that include uh, in the regular season, um, that include like Andy Reid, that include Bill Belichick. Well, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record in the regular season for as long as he's been in Pittsburgh. So uh, excited to see what they can do on a year two with Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. Um, Excited about that offense. Even Jalen Warren, their backup running back. Uh, I think he could be an explosive guy to the backfield this season. Um, so I have them finishing second, again, with that, that defense. T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith. They even added some guys in the draft to be excited about. Um, finishing third, I had Bengals. Um, they lost some guys on defense. Uh, Jamar Chase had that hip injury last year. Hip injuries, those scare me as far as the potential for being hurt again 
Um, even Joe Burrow with that calf strain, if he misses a couple weeks, that might cost – that will cost him a couple games. Um, the defense lost some pieces, and so I'm going to have them on kind of a down year this year. Um, but then, yeah, I'm right there with you on the Browns, have them finishing last. Uh, it's possible Deshaun Watson is just a disaster, and uh, the team, you know, they end up going in a different direction. Um, so – yeah, Browns finishing last, Ravens finish first. Here's the Bengals' first four games, because there has been talk that Joe Burrow could, they, I mean, rightfully so, he is the heart and soul and leader of that team. They don't want to risk further injury if he is not good to go. But here's the first four games for the Bengals. Browns, Ravens, Rams, Titans. And uh, I, I think the Ravens can beat him. The Browns have been the boogeyman for the Bengals the last several years. Um, So they certainly can beat them. Um, So, yeah, the Bengals could dig themselves a hole real quick, even if Burrow's playing. I mean, there's nothing to say that they're going to win those games 100%. But um, it would not surprise me if there was a down year uh, by Cincinnati. But before we get to the final play, um, real quick, who do you think grabs the one seed? If you had to say right now before the season starts, who grabs the one seed in the AFC? I'll take Baltimore. Very surprising there. I was kind of thinking myself, I don't know. I don't know if it would be the Chiefs, but I just don't see it being the Bills. Um, I'm worried about how long Chris Jones is. That if, Chris, is definitely, if I knew Chris Jones was going to be there week one, I'd say the Chiefs, but yes, I don't. Yes. So you don't want to be playing from behind in that race to the to the home field advantage, but that does not mean that the AFC title game will not roll through Arrowhead again, like it has for five straight years. I guess we'll find out. Uh, but with that, it is time for the final play. Brought to you by absolutely nobody. Isaiah, take us home. Yep. So for the final play, I would like to say congratulations to Trey Lance on getting out of San Francisco. Um, Just a sad situation there. You know, they bring in Sam Darnold, and he can't beat out Sam Darnold for the number two job. And so at least he's going somewhere else now. Um in Dallas. So if Dak Prescott were to get hurt again, maybe we'll see some Trey Lance this year. And we've only seen Trey Lance play basically four games as a starter. And so could he do something? We really still don't know with him being three years in the league now. And so um, good for the Niners, good for Trey Lance that he is no longer in San Francisco. Um, And Jerry Jones is a true wild card. So, who knows what it means that uh, Trey's been added to this team. Uh, Wouldn't it be something if they decided to go in the Trey Lance direction if Dak doesn't live up to expectations this year? If Dak and Mike McCarthy can't get it done, Jerry Jones might just hit reset. Uh, 